This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night Show. Also in studio, Judge Weinberg, Craig Eaton, and of course, John Katzmatidis and myself. And now on the line with us, we have Ty McCoy. He's the former Assistant Secretary of the Air Force, also a graduate of West Point. He also joined the U.S. Army. Let's just say he knows a little bit about the military and international wars and affairs. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Assistant Secretary Ty McCoy. And of course, the big topic nuclear weapons, possibly this plant, Ukraine. Tell us all about it. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be with you all tonight and all of your team and cats uh, and everyone. Uh, I think your your show is, uh, I would say, is one of the few stocks that didn't go down today. So uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I, I'm, I'm investing. Well, uh, before uh, you say too much, don't forget, the Russian KGB is listening. The Chinese intelligence is listening. So uh, yesterday we had John Bolton. We got we, we we got news all over the world. You got these articles in Russian and French within like ten minutes. Yep. So yeah, what do you have to question. say? Well, actually, thinking about uh, the some of the questions you uh, raised very well with with your show with your guests and so forth, and I was thinking to myself, what is the position that uh, and it relates to all the things like nuclear weapons. Uh, which they have not chosen to use or advertise too much, a little bit, some of his commentators, or biological or chemical. And certainly we don't want to get to any of those three, uh, or too much in a way of terrorism. Uh, he has been willing to wield the knife of assassinations uh, fairly vigorously against some of his own. Uh, you I know, guess the, the, the uh, general in charge of the Arctic, um, I think he, uh, he got it yesterday. He fell off the ship. He fell off the ship in the Arctic. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the most dangerous uh, weapon in uh, Russia is apparently windows or slippery ledges. <laughs> right. So in uh, thinking about, uh, you know, where he's put himself, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin uh, could seek to, he's got four, four choices in, in a general sense. He could seek to negotiate, but he's got his hawks and his reputation, his ego to worry about. He could try full mobilization, including all the uh, great Russians around Moscow and St. Petersburg, and really uh, pull a Stalin and really be very merciless in terms of dragging his people into war, which I think uh, would risk his his base uh, among the Western, uh, among the elites, the Russian elites who actually like the West, like Europe much more than they like Asia. They want to be Europeans. They don't want to be allies with China. Right, exactly. Now, he could also drag out the war even though he's doing poorly uh, militarily and wait for winter to come, you know, like uh, a Game of Thrones, winter's coming, it's going to get cold. Uh, and he might hope that that would fracture some European support for continuing uh, the war in Ukraine. That'd be the third option. Uh, and and uh, I think that's one he's most, most likely uh, to take. Uh, he could also, as he's meeting now with Z in, in the Far East, he could press China, North Korea, and Iran to do more. 
but he's in a weak position to press them to do more because they don't want to be completely uh, cut off from the world economy either, and they have their own agenda. So I think he will right now seek to uh, continue to call this a, a limited military option to denazify Ukraine. He'll try to hope his troops can do better. Uh, he'll try to drag this thing into winter. Uh, the the main important front uh, in in uh, Ukraine is the southern front. Uh, and I think that they, that was uh, messaged to the Russians in such a way that they expected and they moved their troops uh, into the south more and were ready for a big strike uh, there. But with the uh, influence, I think, from what I could tell and guidance by British and United States uh, strategists and, and officers, uh, I think that they, the, uh, the advice and was, which was accepted was to make a counter strike. Uh, in the east, uh, east of Kharkiv, where they have achieved great success and, and taken over about 6,000 square kilometers of uh, territory that had been fallen to the Russians. So I think that uh, people uh, are looking at both the weapons and the, uh, the ability of allies to work together uh, and, uh, and the strategy that can be brought to bear. So that while this uh, strike east of um, Kharkiv, and it's very well done by the Ukrainians so far, uh, is a turning point uh, a bit. It's probably a turning point more in the war that has not started yet, and that would be the war for Taiwan. Because I think that the Chinese leadership is looking at what has happened uh, to Putin and how he's led himself into a uh, very dangerous uh, balance to, to stay in power and, and to lead his country. So uh, I think it's uh, that's the turning point, I think, in the minds of Chinese uh, generals and, and others. I think that they are not going to strike anytime soon as a result of the success of the West. They see the same thing uh, possibly could happen in the Indo-Pacific region, uh, that people could pull together. The United States could pull and lead uh, people to uh, try and blunt and try and turn uh, the world against uh, China and their access to world markets. So what about uh, certainly I'm sorry, Ty. Yeah. What, what about uh, Russia now going to uh, to North Korea and Iran for, for weaponry? What do you think about that? Well, I think it's a sign of uh, how desperate uh, and how bad the uh, stocks, uh, the stocks were never good in Russia. You know, the, the tanks there were an inventory that were 50 years old. Some of them didn't even have engines. They were stolen. So I think, uh, you know, they've got cardboard tanks and, and very poor uh, equipment in Russia. Their logistics is bad. Uh, their intelligence appears to be bad. Uh, the uh, NCO Corps does not exist. Uh, and uh, the strategists uh, are missing, it seems, in action at, at the senior level, or they're afraid to speak up to Putin, which is probably the case. Uh, their communications are wide open and not very good. Uh, people are listening in. So in, in, a, in a way, they, they have shown a lot of other nations who might want to make war, whether they, they be in uh, China or whether they want to be in Iran uh, or, or otherwise, uh, even North Korea, that uh, the, there's a certain danger uh, in uh, rallying everyone against you uh, and that maybe uh, people uh, are not uh, all sitting on the couch in the West as, as much as they hoped. A few, a few months ago, they were talking about him being so sick and, and possibly well, dying. I think, anything I, anything I think new on that? I think there's some lies going around. It's yeah. un unbelievable. Is there anything out there? 
Uh, not lately. The the ideas of him being, you know, uh, either with, um, uh, you know, cancer uh, of some sort or whatever has, has died down, uh, you know, visits by doctors, him visiting special doctors. I think he probably has been sick. He may have had, uh, you know, a cancer a while back. It's been probably treated uh, with a lot of chemicals and some, some uh, radiation, which may be why he is... Uh, in addition to all the bodybuilding chemicals he took when he was younger, have led to him being a little bit tense in one hand, a little bit uh, sallow-looking, and a little bit, uh, you know, puffy, and and he looks a little different than he did, uh, you know, three or four years ago. But uh, no real new uh, breaking news that I've heard or seen from any reliable source about a real sickness. Ty, one last question before we, we have to take a break is yesterday I had lunch uh, with uh, Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger says we should not reward aggression with, with making him a deal with giving him some territory and, and, and making and, and, and letting him out of the, uh, the problem. Versus Admiral Stavridis, our former head of NATO, says uh-huh. we're going to end up with a uh, North Korea, South Korea type deal in six months. What side, where, which version are you on? Well, I think we're going to have to be um, very careful, probably be somewhere in between that. I used to work for Kissinger in the NSC in 1972 and 73 and Al Haig, and uh, he was pretty, uh, uh, you know, burly and very smart, very opinionated and uh, and correct in many things. He could see the big picture, uh, but we uh, also uh, are going to probably have to wait. And I think that decision is going to be made maybe by uh, some of the Russian elites, uh, the Russian elites around Putin uh, will eventually have to uh, discuss among themselves who's going to talk to him and say, listen, uh, you're going to have to uh, begin to figure out a way out of this or we're going to have to figure a way out uh, for you. And well, so I mean, I does stay anybody have the, the courage to do that? Stay away from the windows. Stay away from the windows. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, he's probably uh, in a windowless room. I, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Well, Ty McCoy, thank you so much, and thank you for everything you've done for America. You, you've you worked for America all your life and continue to speak out for America. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless all you cats, and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.